Welcome to this month's BJA Education podcast. We don't often publish editorials from BJA Education, but recently Professor Jonathan Thompson, our editor-in-chief, wrote Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. For those of you, like me, that don't speak French, this means that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Today I'm talking with Professor Thompson to hear more about the inspiration for this editorial and for a chance to hear what's going on behind the scenes within the journal. So, Professor Thompson, welcome and thank you for being here. Would you tell us what drove you to write this editorial? Thanks, Anthony. I suppose the uh, the real driver was to publicise the move to largely online publishing of BJ Education, certainly for members of the Royal College of Anaesthetists. I think it was necessary that people were made aware of the impending change to what they had been used to and what was familiar, which was a printed journal through their letterbox once every month. People were used to that. I think people found it, and still do find it, a very valuable resource, certainly in the number of downloads and the interest that we have in the journal. So the fact that we were making a fundamental change to the way that people were going to receive the journal, I felt needed to be publicised. And so could you tell us then, what are the reasons for the move toward online-only publishing? I think it's a part of a a general trend in publishing that's not limited to to academic publishing. So it's the same in media uh, and all sorts of other uh, environments. And I suppose the the general drivers are related to the environmental impact of printed journals, and that's related to sustainability and, of course, global warming. Undoubtedly, there are cost savings to be made if you're not paying for the production printing um, and distribution costs. But in, in addition to those, there are also opportunities to for us to develop the uh, the contents of um, a largely electronic journal uh, in ways that are difficult or in fact impossible um, through a print format. That relies on the website uh, and the website cap- capabilities. So just to clarify, will the subscribers who are not members of RCOA continue to receive the printed journal? Yeah, so as I understand it for the foreseeable future, those people who subscribe as individuals or are members of our partner organisations outside of the College of Anaesthetists, um, so that's the College of Anesthesiologists of Ireland and the Hong Kong College and the South African Society of Anaesthetists will continue to receive print versions of BJA education for the foreseeable future although things may develop over time. So will there be any benefits to moving towards online-only publishing? It creates opportunities for further development of the educational content that we deliver in terms of expanding the capabilities of the website. And examples might include increasing uses of, let me say, moving material. An electronic article can be much more interactive, possibly easier to use. For those of a certain age, you can increase the screen resolution or size so that it's easier to, to see, uh, but more particularly in terms of the use of moving images. And if I use, I don't know, ultrasound or echo images, they obviously do not transmit well onto a printed page and much more information can be gained if you have moving images with labels, maybe with uh, video or um, um, an audio commentary as well. So what will change and what will stay the same with BJA education? I would very much hope that the 
um, that our readers see no significant change, particularly in the content, but also in the style of the journal. And I guess that comes back to the, the title of the editorial, which was about there's lots of change, but hopefully you won't see much change. And the reason is, is our commissioning processes are unchanged. Our peer review processes are unchanged. We still edit the articles to ensure a consistent style. So I'm hoping that readers will be satisfied and will continue to, to look at, download and read um, our articles. So with the recent and coming changes in BJA education, how would you say we're ensuring that we deliver a consistent product for the subscribers? Yeah, so hopefully the content and the, and the style and the tone of the articles will be the same. So what we're aiming for is well-written, succinct, but informative and authoritative and evidence-based articles based around CPD for uh, professionals in anaesthesia, critical care, pain medicine and allied specialties. In terms of what will change, well, the obvious thing would be the increased use of multimedia or en enhanced digital content. For example, videos, images, graphs, ultrasound images. Uh, and some things that might be better communicated by moving images um, or dynamic interactive uh, information rather than on the printed page. As I say, the format will remain the same. We don't plan to change the CPD offering. Um, in other words, the MCQs that, have to, that people have to un undertake a test uh, to obtain the CPD points. It will really hopefully be only a change of style and that will be gradual over time as we develop our expertise in these things. When did you take on the position of editor-in-chief and in your time in that position what changes with the journal have you been glad to see happen and what are you most proud of? Um, so I was appointed in the summer autumn of 2017 uh, and there was about a two to three month handover period from my predecessor Jeremy Langton. So I formally took over from the beginning of um, 2018. Now Jeremy and his team were doing a fantastic job so I was in a privileged position of moving into um, a successful team of editors and successful um, production processes um, with a journal that was well established and, and popular amongst uh, readers and subscribers. I wanted to make a few changes to uh, to the way things and really it was re really largely uh, a matter of building on what was successful about the journal and tweaking and a few things and introducing a few um, a few innovations. We have a fairly standardized format for the articles. We now have a, quite a specific style guide and instructions for authors to try and ensure that the articles are pretty consistent in terms of the style, the length, the content, the, even things down to the grammar and punctuation so that you know, readers kind of know what to expect and they know what they're going to get when they look at a BJA education article. We introduced a new format which we called Essential Notes and We've used that for topics that are suitable for a succinct format, still evidence-based, still hopefully authoritative, but perhaps a little bit more didactic and referring to an author's experience or practical tips on a particular topic or procedure, for example. We've uh, moved this, the CPD offering to an online 
platform and it's now an interactive and on online via our website. I suppose the other thing that we've um, now been included in PubMed Central, so we're visible on many, many more searches uh, when people are searching for articles on a particular topic. And I think the success of the journal is shown by the increase in readership. Um, so we had, for example, um, over 1.3 million downloaded articles uh, worldwide last year. Um, and and other journal metrics such as the site score has shown that our articles published in BJ Education are being cited more frequently than in the, in the past five to ten years. So all of those things are looking good. Um, in addition to the absolute number of downloads, I think the geographical reach of BJ Education is also increasing. So most of our downloads are from the UK, but there's a large number from the Indian subcontinent, from Asia, from North and South America, Australasia, and in fact, worldwide. So uh, we, I think we have quite a global reach in terms of the number of people that are noticing and reading our articles. And for me as editor-in-chief and for all the editors and editorial board, the only important thing is that people are reading what we produce uh, and hopefully gaining valuable experience, education and CPD. Yeah, I have to say I get a strong sense of that international reach when we have our board meetings, um, not only because we have editors from other countries and other continents, but also the way discussions about the journal content take place with an emphasis on being relevant worldwide. When BJ Education started, and it started life as something called CEPD Reviews in 2001, the journal was entirely UK-based. And over the years, in particular over the last uh, four or five years, we've increased the number of uh, editors or editorial board members who are based outside the UK. So we now uh, have editors from North America, Canada, continental Europe and Australasia, in addition to uh, editors who are based in the UK. We want to be inclusive in, in the content and the scope of our uh, articles. Certainly having editors who are not based in the UK increases our international reach. My aim is that we get the best articles from the best authors wherever and whoever they are. Um, but having a more diverse editorial board certainly um, helps in that regard. So anyone who's seen the website recently will notice that we have new positions coming up on the board, both for new editors and for new trainee and podcast editors. This might be a good opportunity to advertise this again and to describe what it is you're looking for in potential candidates and also what these positions offer in return. Thanks, Anthony. I'll take that in two parts. So prospective editors and editorial board members, because the two to us mean the same thing. As an editor, you are automatically an editorial board member. We're really looking for individuals who are enthusiastic, knowledgeable, have experience of medical education and scientific writing and all that that involves. In other words, the peer review process. It's, it's helpful, but not necessary uh, if people have particular expertise in particular topic areas. So, for example, um, we're looking for this at uh, this time for somebody with experience in paediatric anesthesia, also somebody with experience in vascular anesthesia and somebody with experience and expertise 
in basic sciences, clinics, clinical measurement, physics, etc. Um, but we, a large number of our um, editors also have expertise in other areas and in, indeed I would consider general anaesthesia as a, an expert area. Um, so you don't necessarily, we don't necessarily have to be a subtopic expert, but it, it may help in certain circumstances. A large part of it is um, being able to contribute to an enthusiastic team who have a common purpose, which is to, to produce, ideally, a, as good a product as we can that people will read and value. Um, in terms of time commitment, it's relatively small. We have face-to-face um, -face board meetings twice a year in London, and but there's also the facility for remote attendance. In addition, we have two evening meetings which are teleconferences as well so basically four four meetings a year in terms of the the trainee podcast editors so for the trainee podcast editors the aim is to attract people in the last few years of their training so who don't have further requirements to for um for professional exams for example who have enthusiasm uh, an eye for detail maybe some prior experience in social media and uh, podcast editing but that's certainly not essential and can be learnt in post as it were but it's a it's an opportunity for people at a relatively early stage of their career to gain an insight into the workings of a journal and the scientific process and the review process which would hopefully give them experience for their own benefit and scientific writing and and medical education I don't know if Anthony, if you've found out that you've gained those things. Yeah, absolutely. I have found the position very educational. Um, and in addition to what you've described, I've also been blown away by how dedicated the whole editorial board are um, and how much time and effort goes into the running of the journal. But most of all, it's been quite fun. I enjoy meeting people from all over the world to record the podcasts. And it feels like I'm getting my own private tutorial in their areas of expertise. And also meeting up with the editorial board is great fun because they're such a lovely bunch, especially the night before the meetings. I, mean, I think it's maybe important to emphasise that the podcast editors, trainee podcast editors, also have an input into the articles that are accepted for commission or actively commissioned. Um, their views are listened to and they have different and very valuable opinions to, to some uh, topics or some some articles um, and they also gain unique insights into the reviewing processes and what makes a good article um, and also how decisions are made regarding particular articles which articles might need more revision than others um, and what goes into hopefully a good quality educational article which can only benefit them I think in terms of their own professional development and and writing skills. Maybe worth just highlighting that the deadline for applicants for editor position are 1st of October and the deadline for trainee podcast editors applications is 8th of October. And lastly, do you have any burning projects that you'd like to see accomplished in your time as editor-in-chief? So the first thing I think is to, to build on our current success and ensure the continued development of the journal in terms of the editorial board, the global readership, the reach, and the gradual move to an increasingly electronic-only platform. I don't really want to change the format fundamentally because I think we do have a, a winning formula 
if you like. Um, we obviously have the opportunity um, for an increasing uh, amount of video content and that's something that we're working on and have been considering for some time. So fundamentally I don't want to make any changes because I think we're, we're kind of on the right track at the moment. Some things may develop over time, maybe we'll, there are room for innovations and developments um, over time. Uh, for example in the format of the the MCQs that we currently produce, the format of the electronic offering. But fundamentally, in terms of the content, I think we've still got plenty of ideas, we've still got plenty of articles to commission, and we've got a formula that people seem to like. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that probably brings us nicely to the end of this update for subscribers about the changes within the journal, and hopefully it will inspire further good applicants for the editorial board positions. Well, thank you very much for finding time to talk to me, Fess Thompson. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks for asking me. Thank you for listening to BJA Education Podcasts. Do take time to check out our updated website, bjaed.org, which has had a bit of a makeover in the last few months.